Welcome to One More Thing Before You Go. In this episode, we're going to discuss today's environment, whether or not we step back in time 50 or 60 years, and if the current state of politics has empowered and divided us as a country. We're going to sit down and have an honest and open conversation with an African-American father trying to raise his kids in today's society. I'm your host, Michael Hurst. This is The Thing About a Conversation with Poppy J. Poppy J is a podcaster, an author, a working man, an entrepreneur, and a father of three. And just like all of us, he's trying to survive this world. Welcome to the show. How you doing? I'm doing Thank really well. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, glad that you're here. Let's get to know each other just a little bit. Can you tell me a little more about yourself? Uh, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I was born, I was born in uh, Kings County Hospital. Uh, 47 years old. Been working most of my life. Have my share of uh, ups and downs. I have a, a strong, tight-knit family. So That's even, even when I was learning my own way, I still maintain the morals and values that my family instilled in me. Very positive. You still you still live in Brooklyn? No, I live upstate New York now. Upstate New York now? It's a nice place. I live in Arizona where it's hot as hell. <laughs> I mean, really yeah. as hell. <laughs> I heard it's nice out there. Well, if between October and the first part of May, it's fantastic out here. Started at the end of May, June, in July, and August. It's like somebody turned all the burners up. Full blast. So we're doing like 115, 118, 119. I've seen some of those temperatures and I was like, uh. And let me tell you something. When everybody says, oh, but it's a dry heat, eh, I I don't care. It's still hot as hell. Thanks for for confirming that one. (laughs) Yeah, dry heat, wet heat doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah, heat is heat. So you've got a family. Just like all of us, uh, you you say you have like three kids. How has this pandemic changed your life? Uh, honestly, it gave me an opportunity to get closer to family. Like so much, so many of my my family is spread out. So the pandemic and not being able to actually visit people brought us together with Zoom, uh, Skype. Like it was just more. We just connected connected a lot and then when I got into podcasting then it was just me my brother and my uncle and we just like connected like never before so now we're we're partners outstanding that's outstanding yeah technology in the 21st century is a wonderful thing yeah safe it would have it probably would have been a brutal pandemic if there was no technology yeah go back to the uh was it 1918 Spanish flu where everybody just had to quarantine and you're stuck with your family or stuck in a spot. You can't have any communication with anybody. So this is much better. We all yeah, like I think it. it helps for mental health aspects. Yeah, we've got, I've got a family, I've got kids. We've got, but they're grown, they're adults. So we have a, a two daughters and uh, one daughter's married. And uh, the all three of them actually lost jobs during this pandemic. So um, our youngest, well, life, thank you. Our lives, uh, their lives are starting to move forward though. One of them got a job. We had to move her from Tennessee all the way back to California in a very short period of time, but things are starting to look up a little bit. They pretty much all live in California now. And of course, California is full of this COVID crap, I guess. And it has pretty much shut down the entertainment industry. And Two of my my oldest daughter and her husband both were in the entertainment industry out there, so it kind of halted their forward momentum in their career because they shut down productions and uh, they shut down Disneyland. One of them works for Disneyland. The other one was is an actor, and they just everything shut down. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, it's been a, been a little crazy. But that's not the only changes going on, obviously. So society, the way things have been moving forward, and I just talked about going back for 50 or 60 years. I'm going to touch on a couple of uh, subjects, if you don't mind. Like, uh, do you believe that racism has reared its ugly face because of our current political situation? Has allowed it? I think that it's, I think it, it heightened it. I don't think it ever grew, truly disappeared or wasn't, didn't exist. Like, I do believe that 
due to the current political <laughs> due to the political yeah, this, standings of this is a now. unique conversation <laughs> life we speak for uh, <laughs> due to the to the due to the powers that be uh, i think he uh he encouraged he opened the door for it i think it was a it's, it's hard to not em- embrace it when the head of the country has no problem encouraging it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, can you fall? I mean, people are who they are. Everybody, I think it's just, it's sad. I think it's sad for what year, for, for the time we in now, like to be 2020 and this be, it's like mm-hmm. taking a whole bunch of steps backwards. If they don't get a grip of this, if we don't come together and resolve this, this, this could be something that I would never thought I would live through. <laughs> I can yeah, tell you that. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> no, I, nobody would have told me this was what 2020 would have entailed. Oh, it blows me away. I mean, watching it, it just blows me away. Like I said, I grew up earlier, I grew up in the 60s and, you know, I watched it as a kid. And, um, you know, I had black friends and I had Latino friends when I was a kid. And I I didn't get discriminated against myself, but I was shunned by other people because I actually played with, with them. And and I did not see an issue with it, but other people did see an issue with it. So I can understand it from that perspective. It was like, wow. And, you know, we've overcome so many things and have moved forward in so much that that was going away and people were, people are just people. And now I think that I agree with you. The per current political situation has unfortunately opened the doors to, I, I think that what you said earlier, the people that are racist and the people that do hold those beliefs, whether it be to African-Americans or Asians or, you know, um, Latinos or Muslims, actually, I mean, you, that's part of the discrimination. They're discriminating against Muslims and Catholics. And, you know, you can, the list can go on. In regard to that, I believe that they, they've always been that way and they will continue to be that way. They've just given the license to be able to act upon it now. That, you agree I, with that? Yeah, I agree with that. I think, yeah, there was a license handed out that said display, display it. Don't have to, don't have to. It's, I mean, like I, I tell people all the time, it's like, you are who you are. And you've been, you was raised the way you was raised. And at the same time, I could fault you because... We all know better. At the end of the day, some some stripe you can't teach a old tiger. You can't change the stripes of a tiger. Like that's right. it. it's just they are who they are. And at the same time, they've they've been amongst us, and it's never been. I never had no real altercation with any racism. Like I have never really had to deal with racism full blown. I to me, I just believe that. Everybody knows who they know who they could try that on, I guess, unless they super drunk. But I'm just assuming that on a liquid every, power. Yeah, on an everyday sober life, whether you go through the supermarket, the mall, wherever, there's a few there, and they know how to they know how to carry themselves when need be. Has so, your family ever been afraid? I don't know. As far as my family, as far as my children, nah, we don't. I'm not instilling fear in nobody. Like I don't, they're young, so I don't really, my oldest, he he understand it to a point. He's never really come to me with any issues because he's half black, half white. And so, I mean. Well, personally, I, I mean, I, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm happy that, that they didn't have to experience it from that perspective. Down here in Arizona, without putting it out there so that I have people knocking on my door. Um, There's a lot of uh, discrimination going down, especially with Latinos, because obviously we're this close to the border. And, you know, it it is a huge issue in regard to that Um, from from a Latino perspective. Yeah. um, There's a lot of discrimination going on. And you see it and you hear it all the time, unfortunately. The majority of people down here, I will clarify that, are are decent people and they do the right thing. And, you know, they treat people like people, like they're supposed to be like doing. So what are your thoughts on the Black Lives Matter movement? Uh, I mean, I support, I support, I mean, I'd like if it would be more united, which when I say that, I mean, 
Black Lives Matter, LGBTQ, the mean like all those people that's all fighting some type of oppression or discrimination to just come together and create something tangible for you could present to the people and have a list of things that you would like to see, like reasonable steps. Don't hit them with, don't hit the home run, like whatever, like don't, it's okay to get to first. It's okay to get to like, take the process if it is and come up with some reasonable changes that you could see happening and then work towards that bigger goal. Cause maybe steps. Yeah, overnight is not gonna happen. So I'll be living, I'll be more in tune for what is it we're expecting? What is on the table? What is what is the first steps? What are your short-term goals? Yeah, outside of <clears throat> outside of justice for Breonna Taylor and justice for those who was uh, murdered, are uh, what's the steps? What steps to rebuild the community? Because police is going to be there, and if we are going to have to work in a community where we're never going to trust them, they're never going to care about us, or are we going to be able to like bridge that gap? that gap between police and the community. And I agree with that. I think that, as I told you, I think when we texted a little bit that I'm a retired police sergeant, in my time, in my days, I, um, I'm i retired like 20 years now, so it's it's like a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Society is different now. <laughs> Things have changed just a little bit, but um, we were lucky enough to have a, a, a community policing um, strategy set up so we were not into the community. We did walkabouts and, you know, knocked on doors and walked downtown and things like that, which was really nice because we got to know everybody, the storekeepers, the, you know, the homeowners, the neighbors, the, everybody. It was a community policing option. And um, we're more at ease with communicating with the police department because they looked at them as people as well. They looked at them as a protector, but they also looked at them as an individual. So, I think it needs to get back to that. Yeah, I think it definitely has to get <clears throat> where we are, where it's like mutual respect, which exactly. is crazy that you're, that in 2020 we're fighting for mutual respect. <laughs> like certain things just baffle me. Like it's just, like I said, I would have never assumed. I mean, we know this. It's the same as like, I don't think all cops are bad. And it's not fair to all cops, especially the good ones. But then I oh, like, exactly. then I like to say that goes hand in hand with not all black people or minorities are bad. Now it's, it sucks, but in a way, everybody sees what you can't. Nobody wants to be judged by a group. I'm my own person. Whatever I do, like blame me, judge me. Don't say because of something I did that. Uh, or didn't do that everybody that fits my description or whatever is the same. It's the same. You know what I'm saying? And that's just where I feel like the police are starting to really understand that they don't like it. They don't like you even assuming that all cops is bad. But that's, the, I mean, media plays a big part in that. I mean, I don't think everybody believes all police is bad. We know not all, nobody's bad. But you have it. Not all priests is bad. Not all presidents is bad. But when you got a handful of them coming back to back, it's kind of hard to say that they're not, they're not all bad. But I get it. And I just wish that people would just think freely. Don't follow. Don't take time out to step out and do your own research and your own homework. And don't just take everything for face value and then just run with it and don't know what you're running with or for. So when it comes to the Black Lives Matter, I'm for it as long as the outcome is positive. I'm for it. I don't want it to turn into anything more than just fighting. And that's why I don't like, to me, it's not that I don't like Black Lives Matter. I just think between them and the fight that the LGBTQ had to go through and the fight that the Me Too movement had to go through and like there's so like you said, the list could go on for days for people fighting for something under this umbrella of equality and freedom. And so if we all stick together as a whole like that and show a universal front, a big front, then yeah, the changes and everybody all everybody come together and give 
a nice 10 list, list of 10 of some reasonable changes that you could you could expect to see within the next quarter and stuff like that. Like the changes got to come and it, it took forever to get to where we at now. So take more than just, but at least have some steps, have a, have a proposal, have a few proposals, have a proposal for the city, have a proposal for the president, have a proposal for count. Like just make these, like, let's get those going, get those out. Because <clears throat> I hear everything, but I, I would like to see the proposal. I would like to, I have a hard problem, hard time trusting in anything until there's some something put before me so I can see it. I mean, everybody says the, the best things to get what they want from elections to everything. You're going to say what you want to hear until you get where you're at. Can I please see what is the plan? Tell me the plan. For any of the movements, any of the, like, what's the plan past? All right, they, we get past the one hurdle. What is the next? I need, this should be all laid out. Like if he was playing chess and not checkers. I agree with that. You know, it, even a business plan, a business plan, if you're starting a business and you want to get money for business and they want to see how you're going to run that business, you have to present them with a business plan. And that business plan has maybe steps in it. It has short-term goals, has long-term goals. I believe that the government should be doing the same thing because we, the people, they represent us as the people and we should know the process. We should know what's going on and what to expect. Because right now, to be honest with you, I, I, I'm i completely stressed out about what's going on politically in these days with, with the whole administration. The whole last three and a half years has just been in a complete turmoil because it's and my friends know this, so I'm not, you know, opposed to saying this. It is, I have never actually used the word hate up until the last three and a half years. I've developed the word hate in my vocabulary because I just can't stand the way things are being destroyed methodically. Um, everything from from what we've accomplished over the last fifty or sixty years, not only in in racial equality or minority equality, but also in in everything, in I mean, he just signed a, a bill to allow oil companies to go in and frack and drill in a wildlife refuge. Everything that President Obama put into place has been wiped out. Everything that was positive for the climate, positive for us as individuals, positive for um, business to be able to move forward successfully, has all been wiped away. And it just is just very sad. So we need a new blueprint. Yeah, we do. We need a blueprint. We need a blueprint and we need the uh, conglomerates to understand that. Stop being so damn greedy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we can agree on that. Yeah, stop again. being so damn greedy. Nobody wants all the money. We just want, just want to be able to live. That's it. Most people just want to live. It's not even about being rich. It's not even about... Uh, just people just want to live and not have to struggle as much. And I just think that you're pushing all the businesses overseas or to other countries because of, as a business owner, you don't even want to deal with the taxes of your own country. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so you're going to send it somewhere else and then sell everything. In your, it's just, it's so baffling. Like when you actually take time to like really understand, it's just, like you said, it's just a reprogram. Everybody needs to reprogram the way they think. If it's going to be for the better reprogram, I, I just get along. I don't see where they're not getting along. <laughs> it 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 blows my mind. It honestly does. It it really does. I do not understand how an individual cannot see another individual as a person, and that's it. As a person, as a human being. So hopefully, we can reach some people and say, "Look, yeah, you know, you need to you need to think. You need to stop and think." And like you said, I think. Old dogs, you can't teach old dogs new tricks. You can't change the stripes of a tiger. But that doesn't mean people can't change because change is a choice. Yeah. You can choose to change or you can choose to stay the way you are. You can choose to educate yourself or you can choose to close the book. You know, you can choose to open your eyes or you can choose to hide your eyes and plug your ears. You know, it, it's a everybody's got a choice. So I think people need to make a choice. Are you doing the right thing? Are you doing the wrong thing? The right thing is, the right thing is obvious. To me, the right thing is obvious. You do the right thing. You treat people like people. You know, we're Americans. This is, you know, we're the greatest country in the world, or were at one time. Our 
our reputation in the world has faltered now, unfortunately, with, because of what's going on the last three and a half years. And we are not looked upon as we had been looked upon as a leader in the world. You know, they've said that we've gotten down to like number three now, number four now, which has never been heard of in history. So, you know, it, it may take a lot to have to change or to make these changes that need to be done for individuals, not just not just the Black Lives Movement matter or any any of the LGBT or the Asian community or any of the Latino community, I think that we as human beings need to understand what do we need to do to make a change. And you know, the sad part is when 9-11 happened, the unity was there. like, you put everything aside, just focus. And it's, it sucks that it seems like only when tragedy strikes does the people put all this silly shit to the side. And now we all are a big country united. And I think that we need to not wait. Like prevention is better than the cure. So we could prevent this instead of worrying about letting it get out of hand and then trying to figure out a cure like what we're doing now. Like right. it's always been preventable. We could have prevented this. There's kind of things that the government could have did, things that us as the civilians and the community could have did different. So it's just everybody needs to just this this was the this pandemic was the moment for you to self-reflect while you was quarantining, for you to reevaluate your life and your financial status and see where you at and just, are you gonna come out of this and wanna move forward in a better direction or do you just not care? And I think for, there's a lot of people who just don't care. They just don't care. It's not even like, all right, whatever. We'll deal with it when it comes. Do you see hope after the election, especially if a certain administration is removed? <laughs> not a trick question. It isn't a trick question, but <clears throat> you gotta pick the lesser of two evils. I don't know <laughs> how I see this election. But um seriously, I just I'm a civilian. And like I was telling somebody the other day, I'm I don't reap all the benefits of the presidential like that 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 level. I'm at the I'm focused on like the city and the like those things that so we can move forward if we decide to look look at one another as as a uh, human beings. If we did we dictate what goes on in our president gets to get in there and he can rile things up or he could do what he does. He got a whole country to look after. But if you ain't in the, the bracket that benefits from his cuts and tax cuts and all that. Then you, I mean, the administration is the administration, won't be the first, won't be the last. He's just the most transparent and very vocal and very annoying and very like the Twitter and just way too much. And that and that that bothers me with like what you said. It's like we was like the greatest country, like you know, play these games so that the people could see that our country is like it's like don't make us become a joke to people that might be called that we already know poses a threat so when they see that you out of hand it's like all right we don't gotta respect this place no more and that might that get bothered me in so many different ways that but i look at things like deep like that so i don't know if the average person is just looking at that that right there i highlight all the time hate and i i say hate I hate that we publicize every strategic move whenever there's, there's some threats. Like, I don't know. Don't give away the game plan. Yeah, everybody got a TV, man, satellites and all this, man. Shut up and do what you do. <laughs> Just do it. Yeah, don't warn nobody and make it. A, this war don't have to be as long if you shut the fuck up. Exactly. <laughs> they already know you coming. Exactly. <laughs> but, well, I think it Kim Jong-un, Kim Jong-un, kind of walked away from uh, this administration going, uh, he's too crazy for me. And Kim Jong-un is a crazy guy. Yeah, but yeah, he's, he's up there. He's up there. He, yeah. So he it's like that from his TV show. So I keep telling everybody, I didn't, I don't know what y'all expect. I seen the show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't vote for him. So I don't, yeah. I didn't expect anything. I, listen, I know a couple of people that voted for him. I'm just saying. I seen his TV. I seen the the talk the talk show or TV show or whatever, reality TV. Yeah, and uh, it didn't woo me. It didn't that's woo me. That's what he is exactly. That's, <laughs> that's exactly what he is. But he's been that way, so I'm not even mad at him because we whoever voted for him should have watched all his episodes. <laughs> 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 and that's what I mean. You got to do your own homework because yeah. I mean, listen, I'm not mad at him for being who he was when he was a TV celebrity. Like, that's who he was. To, I'm more upset with the people who put him in there thinking that that was going to change him into a different person. He exactly. still was the same person. So 
I mean, what do you expect? I think I'm going to recommend. Uh, I'm going to recommend somebody else's campaign. You guys should just start showing clips. <laughs> reality show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, man. I, I mean, like I said, I have faith. I have faith that this was a, a wake up call. I would take this as a wake up call for everybody black, white, Asian, Latinos, police, everybody could have went so wrong in so many ways and it would have been like very drastic. And then, it would, I mean, it's a wake up call. I just hope that a lot more people will really understand that this is a dangerous game. We can't go to war with police, military, like, he needs to stop playing. Everybody needs to like calm down. Like if you don't say, if you ain't you can't call some, how you want somebody to be patriotic? If they, you don't even like them, like, what are you? You're getting mad about people doing stuff like Neil, like Callan Kaepernick. Neil should have just understood what he was saying. I made it about the flag, and learned from then. We had that opportunity to change things, or just a little bit, some baby steps. But they ignored it, didn't do nothing, and now. Here we go with this mess. Well, hopefully we'll be able to unify again. I think that it's important that the Americans remember that who we were at one time, and we hopefully will work our way back to that. It's inevitable that we're going to unify, because if not, we're going to get invaded. <laughs> Y'all going to be upset. <laughs> really going to be upset. <laughs> don't, don't. And in Arizona, we don't have basements, so are we can yeah, basement. We better unify. Like, this ain't an option. Just a matter of time. Like, we'll unify. is just open on tape years. Um, I hope we start really focusing on the what came, like I said, something let me see something. Let me see a proposal. Like I had a guy I had the Leonardo Coelho. He's running for city council in the Bronx District 16. And he had a little two-page proposal, probably like five or six things that he thought would help the community between the cops and the, the, the people. And it was very simple. You don't got to read through 100 pages and figure out where the loopholes is at. It was two pages, nicely written. This is all we want. <laughs> that's it. And I was like, yo, that that's all. That's all you need. Like, let's come. Don't put a book together. Quick and to the point. Yeah, every, every quarter, you, you know, you, once you accomplish one, you pull out another little two-pager. You don't need a big 600 pages of mumbo jumbo, <laughs> none of that stuff. Just give me three pages of some straight to the point what you want and let's get let's that can't we work you can't work with this then we'll know how much longer we're gonna go through what we go through. But we gotta have the people gotta know, like all the any anybody that's fighting for justice, anybody that's fighting for equality, anybody that's fighting for social equality. You have to make these these uh, proposals, get them on the way, get people signing them, doc or however they have them sign them on Facebook and sign them on emails like get them proposals out there so people can read and understand what their what this signature is what 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 options they have right? nobody knows what the options are it's just like with schools teachers don't know what's going on parents don't know what's going on all everybody keeps saying is we sending our kids to school now you yeah, started back to school in new york uh not yet i think we're more of a september i think down south starts in august i think new york's from that area starts in like first week after Labor Day. Are they gonna? Are they opening schools? I think. Well, they're opening them. I, I, last time I checked, it was like the middle of the month. They pushed it back to the middle of the month. But that's still without no realistic. Can't break up a class of thirty into fifteen and don't give the parents anybody an ample amount of time to find the proper childcare or figure out if they gotta. My son goes to school in the later hours of the day or that they go to school in the morning. Like, who's going to pick them up at noon if the schools kick them out after three hours? Like, that's a whole nother can of worms that nobody's even yeah. talking about. They're it's doing the open. same thing here. Yeah, it's it, just it, open, it. open, and you don't really know. I heard Florida had a little spike since school opened. Atlanta had a little spike since school opened. Like, all right, but soon the kids couldn't get it. Now kids could get it. Now we know that everybody could get it. It first started out that black people couldn't get it. That's the first thing I ever heard when it came to this virus. No, and then I was like, all right, I was like, all right, I'll wait. For some, I'll wait for some more real news. And then next thing you know, it was the old people can't live faster than 
Then I was like, yo, you know what? Every time somebody try to control one of these viruses, man, it, it wipes out whoever it wants to wipe out. There's nobody immune to these viruses. Nobody immune. I, I, I stayed in my house severe rheumatoid arthritis, and I'm over 60. So that puts me in that group that's supposed to be, um, you know, um, cautious because of all of that. Yeah. I stayed in my house. My wife works from home now because of this COVID, and our kids are growing, like I told you, and they're out of the house. So I never went anywhere, and I still ended up getting it. I had it for uh, three and a half, almost four weeks, oh, and, and never knew never knew how I got it. The only thing we could think of is I had surgery on my shoulder, so I had to go to rehab. So we're thinking okay. when I went to rehab, uh, physical therapy, I may have gotten it at uh, physical therapy because even though we wore a mask, they handed me these things that I had to use to stretch my yeah. shoulders and everything. And, you know, I didn't see whether or not they took the precautions to wipe them off and to clean them off and everything. Yeah. But I had it. My uh, nephew uh, had it. My niece had it. My great niece had it. And my sister's husband's mother died from it. So we were... Thank you. We were very affected by it. And the possibility is just that my wife had it in March. She was literally out of work. Before they really knew about it or knew how to test for it, she was in bed with a respiratory, severe respiratory. Like I'm never, we've been married 31 years, and I've never, ever, ever seen her this sick. She couldn't get out of bed for like 90 hours total. She missed 80 hours worth of work. Wow. It was crazy. I mean, crazy disease. So, even though we're being cautious and careful, you know, it, it can still happen. Yeah. You know, that in here, they finally, um, the governor here is kind of wishy-washy with that regard. They kept the schools closed, and then they was going to open the schools, and then they were going to close the schools, and then they were going to do online, and then they were going to give an option. And then he went into to Washington, D.C., and then he came back and said, okay, we're opening. But then they opened one of the districts, and everybody got sick. They had a whole classroom get sick and teachers, so they had to quarantine that, and then they had to shut down the school. So now they're going, okay, well, we're not sure we're going to open the doors. We're probably going to give people an option. So here they're going to try to give people an option. You can do online, which still goes back to the same thing you said earlier. I, I don't have to worry about because I don't have small kids, but I do remember the times that I had to you know, take care of the kids when my wife was working and vice versa. So you know, you, you have to worry about who's going to stay home with the kid, whether or not they have computer access. Because there's, you know, we have na we have areas down here that don't have computer access. And the Navajo Nation down here is, is huge. They don't have computer access in a lot of the areas. So they get, well, how are we going to work with that? So many variables. It's just, yeah. it's just crazy. And everything is just going like they wake up and just, anyway, let's try this. So I already said my youngest is not going to school. I'm about to go sit down on my job and I'm going to let them know, like, listen, it's easy to get a sitter, but I don't want my son to fall behind and he's not in kindergarten yet. So I just want to keep him sharp. And that means mm -hmm. I have to readjust my hours so that I know for a fact that he's getting two, three hours of education. Then so be it. So be it. Well, and, that's, and that brings me to another question, if you don't mind. Being a parent, going through this pandemic tell me what it's like it's it's tough because my my son is three about to be four so once it got like right before the pandemic we was there's plans to go to the park and stuff like that and then once the pandemic hit and they shut down parks and shut down everything it was like and being stuck in the house is, is extremely not it's just not fair to kids to just not have no, because I live in a decent neighborhood, so I could take him outside for a bike ride and not run into nobody and go around three, four blocks and don't have to worry about nobody walking up the sidewalks, anything like that. Right. But for those people, for those kids that are stuck in less fortunate situations, just being stuck in a house. And if, like you said, if you don't have cable or you don't, because everybody don't have cable, everybody don't have computers, exactly. everybody don't have. so. I can only imagine how much harder it is for that. Like my son is just, I got him to the, my, I got him to the point where he enjoys cooking with me. He enjoys cleaning with me. Cool. Like whatever I do, he just wants to be on the, on a part of it. So that kept, that made it easier for him not really going outside and not really, cause we always figured like, Hey, I'll make three dinners in one night. If he's going to have, if he's going to help and we could keep busy. So 
it's just, but it's still unfortunate because he didn't get to enjoy the outdoors. He didn't get to really, there was no swimming. I'm scared. Like I'm not scared. Like I told somebody, I'm more scared for him if I didn't have him. I But this pandemic probably wouldn't have meant as much. I put instilled as much fear as it did knowing that I'm responsible. Exactly. For him getting sick. I could tell you if my throat hurt. I could tell you if my stomach hurt. I could tell you where I hurt. He can't do that. So it would have been so, it would have just been wrong for me to be that selfish or that inconsiderate. So I just think that is, it's just like I said, it just depends on where you are in life and how you much you feel and value the people that you say you love. Because if you ain't going, if you love someone, then quarantining wouldn't have been an issue. It wouldn't have been beaches flooded with people. It wouldn't have been a party where they have corona parties and stupid stuff like I've seen on so just going to show how much care. Exactly. That's scary. That's more scary than the president. <laughs> you are correct. Yeah. People who don't care is a lot more dangerous than anybody. Well, and, and down here, they, they we've got mandatory masks down here in Maricopa County. So here's the bad part. They have mandatory masks, but they don't have anything in place to enforce it. So they go... So like mandatory, you mean you got to wear, wear it all the time. But they don't have things in place to enforce it. So... You can say, yeah, you're not wearing a mask. And they'll go, you know, screw you. I don't care. <laughs> you know, it didn't matter because there's no repercussion for not wearing a mask. So even though they have it, you know, we've got delivery people that come here all the time. And um, because of my my disability, we have a lot of stuff delivered here. And every delivery person that shows up to this door, none of them are wearing masks. None of them. And they're handling these packages. They're going, you know over and over again, how many times have they been handled before they even got here? To me, it's irritating as hell because then I have to set it down. I put it in here. Sounds kind of drastic, but I have an autoimmune disease, so I have to be really careful. So we spray down and wipe down the packages before we even open them. You know, because... Yeah. I know I know quite a few people that I haven't seen my sister inside of my sister's house in forever. She's... I had to bring her paint. She told me to drop it off on the out of the stoop. And I mean, like, I get it. I'm not, I never, and that's what people need to understand. It's not, who are you to judge how a person deals with the pandemic? What is, who are you to make fun or try to belittle someone who's taking the pandemic really serious? Like, that's what I'm saying. People just got to care. It sucks that people don't care. I don't think people really, really care. A lot of people. I'm not saying everybody. I'm just saying this from how, when the pandemic started, and all the things that was implemented to, to flatten the curve, and then all those people that said to hell with the curve and still went about everyday activities, everyday life is just it's sad. Because there's people like like you who are that people don't think to say, Oh, oh, he's just scared. No, he might be, I'm at risk. He might be he might yeah, like nobody thinks about that when they it's all it's automatically you scared or Stop being scared is a bogus thing. No, I'm in a position where I might, it could harm me. Or my loved one. If, it, if I, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it's just, like I said, uh, this this book, to me, this was a, a learning experience for me. And it also put me in a space where I started focusing on stuff like this, podcasts and and just looking at a different future and like, yo, I got to do more. I got to do more to better my situation for the next pandemic or for the next. Like, I just need to be a little more, put myself in a better position by whatever means necessary, which means if I got a podcast, if I got to figure out another business or another something, I got to do it for my family. So I could, you know, put my family in there where everybody has, where I can help. Where I can be of help for people who may get laid off. Speaking of working on stuff, I know you're working on an internet radio station. Can you tell me about that? Uh, it's called Real Wise Radio. Uh, we're going to hopefully launch beginning of September, mid-September. Just taking care of all the paperwork and the licensing and all that stuff. We want to do like, we're working on a couple of talk shows that could be on the station. And then we're also working on how we're going to give out the content. I don't want to do, trying to veer away from like it being another option of the radio. So we want to play older music, mood music, relaxing music, cleaning music. Like we just want to put you in a good space. 
You want to put nice. people in a good space. You always gotta listen to the whatever's on the radio. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I want. I, I don't listen to the radio because everything is repetitive on the hour, every hour. So we just want to give something different. Where it's like you'll never, you'll never be able to probably catch that same song at the same time at the same hour. Like we just want to play, and I got DJs from all over. We got music for everybody. There's no. It's not a hip hop. It's music station. Music is the universal language. Yeah, it helps me a lot. Yeah, music is the universal language. Everybody can relate to music in one form or another. Yeah. Part of my um, research when I was getting my degree was in regard to using creative arts in helping people to heal. And the one of the primary ones they used was music. They used music yeah. in World War II. They tried it with World War II vets and the ones that were disabled, injured in battle, and were in a VA hospital. And they were restless and they were restless. You know, I had cabin fever and they couldn't go anywhere, couldn't do anything. And they started playing mood music like that right there. And it calmed them down enough to where they didn't have the troubles that they had before. And the guys started healing up quicker. Yeah. So, yeah. It's needed. Thing. <laughs> especially, so, especially now. Yes. <laughs> Got to make sure somebody can listen to something that don't make them. So that's going to be over the internet, correct? So like it, that can be heard uh, nationwide or just in the New York area? Yes. Nationwide, it's gonna. We're working. We gotta get the apps done so that if you have Android, you can download the app to the station. If you have iPhone, you'll be able to download the app to the iPhone store. So we're. It's just a couple of more minute little technical things we gotta address, and then off to the races. When, give out the when you get it up, let me know, and I'll add it to the show notes so everybody can uh, take a listen. Um, you're also yes. an author, aren't you? Yeah, I was in. I was incarcerated, so uh. That was my writing time. That's what I wrote. It was either get in trouble or just stay in your cell and learn yourself. That's positive. So, so I did the book I'm working on now is called Steps Towards Plush. And Plush stands for Peace, Love, Unity, Success, and Happiness. That's a good name. So I finally gave found the author, uh, uh, editor. And when I handed it to her, she was just like, when did you write this? And I was like, 2008. She was like, this goes perfect with what's going on right now. And I was like, you know what? I never really thought of that. I had no, I never really thought about that when I submitted it to her. But I had put out another book, which was more of a like exotic, erotic, erotic book that I wrote while I was in prison, a two-part. And I had did it myself, like for some confident boost. I was going through a rough year and uh, I just wanted to end the year saying I accomplished something. Like, I just didn't feel like I, I probably accomplished stuff, but it just wasn't feeling like I accomplished stuff. So I kind of just took one of my manuscripts, got it typed up, did some bullshit spell checks. <laughs> and then really the, 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 the paragraphs wasn't just connect, but I put it out on Kindle. I bought my own ISBN numbers, I put it out on Kindle and I was like, all right. And I ended the year with that. And then after the year, the new year started, I took it off because I don't like putting out half-assed work. So I was we, like, we grow. I was like, no. Grow. <laughs> I was like, no, there's no way. This this gotta represent me, and nobody, everybody knows I got like this OCD ish, and I just was like, nah, I'm not satisfied with this work. My name is on it, and I just took it off. So those are the next ones that I'll be working on. But this, but what's going on right now? I threw this one out. Well, that's cool. And hopefully, it'll be out. I just submitted it to her. She's coming back to me with uh, negotiating the cost. So hopefully by the end of the year, start the new year off with a good... Keep me advised with that too, please. And I'll make sure that I promote it as well to make sure that people can go visit it. And That'll let you know where I think as far as... Because every chapter is like respect, family, loyalty. Like those are the name of the chapters. Like everything that falls under plush, peace, love, unity, success, and happiness. Money is a chapter. Like it's just so many different chapters from my perspective. Yeah, it's like an autobiography because I give you a I'll give you an example from my experience for every chapter. Like you're gonna I'm not just writing this and not giving you why I failed this. So you'll get my life and then what I'm I mean I could have went I could have definitely used any of the roadblocks or took or trials and tribulations to be uh, someone who uses it as an excuse to just not right. care. But like I said, I had a good family that raised me. So congratulations. Even when I don't, 
even when I don't want to care, can't yeah. help it. <laughs> something. Family, family is the most important thing in life. Yeah, my family, they did what they, they did the best what they had. And that's all you can ask for for anybody is just do the best with what you have. Like, the love is more, the love is priceless. Well, exactly. You can't, you can't all replace that. All the stuff, the materials, yeah. Yeah, can't replace that. You're a very lucky man to have that. Tell me about your podcast. Now, the podcast is my, uh, I think it helped me with my mental health and stress. I started it just to just to talk. It's like a Seinfeld. Seinfeld. <laughs> it's a podcast about nothing. <laughs> it's a podcast about nothing. I like, I, I, I encourage, uh, I might like to have uh, everyday people as guests. That's it. If you want to join my podcast, everyday people, let's talk about it essential workers, teachers, whoever wants to talk and get and ask questions or just let their voice be heard. That's what my podcast is for. It's for the people. But it's amazing. I mean, you've really moved into very positive directions in your life. And I give you kudos for that. That, that is, that's an outstanding achievement all the way around between uh, the books, the writing, the authoring, the internet radio, and the podcast. I admire you for that. Yeah, it's just, I mean, thank you. And it's just, like I said, you got to learn. Got to learn from, keep doing the same thing over and over. That's what they call insanity. So I just figured. You can either lay down. Yeah. Five. You can lay down and take it yeah, or five. you can choose. I was diagnosed by five doctors of being in a wheelchair. You was diagnosed by five yep. of them? And I, obviously, as you saw, my listeners cannot see that, but I could, you know, I stood up for you. He definitely stood up. <laughs> he definitely stood up and backed up. Show me his legs. <laughs> my skinny little white unsunned legs. <laughs> But uh, yeah, you gotta, you gotta. It's, it's you. It's just us. Like we have. I'm not. I don't want no. I'm nobody can define, and nobody can put a cap on my creativity. Nobody can put a cap on anything. Like I just learn from trials and tribulations. I don't have time to blame or point fingers. Just I. Everything happens for a reason, and either you're gonna learn from it and don't repeat it, or you won't. You'll just keep repeating, it and then you're just always gonna blame somebody. And it's never your fault. Out of the same hole. I, I like to take responsibility for everything that I do. So um, when I got in trouble, it was because of me. I didn't go, you know, my family. I was poor. It's not never was never none of my excuses whenever I got in trouble. I did it. My bad. I'm sorry. What we do next? I respect <laughs> that's that. it. I got. I don't have time to blame the family upbringing. Like that's just. I mean, it plays a factor. But at the same time, it's still, like I said, you know I that. that. So once you, once you can know the right from wrong, then there's no longer you can blame anybody. So I just never, my biggest thing was just getting old, forgiven. But I've learned to do that even, like forgive and just not, but I don't want nobody, I don't want my energy to be consumed by other people. My, did I say that right? My energy. I don't want, being mad at people takes away from me. So I just don't want to be mad at nobody. I'm not holding no grudges. I mean, I never let them know that I am not mad, right. but they'll know eventually at some point. But no, I don't. I don't that takes a lot. That's stress. Stress kills. Stress does kill. So does anger, actually. You know, when you hold you hold it in, yeah. or if you you spread it around to the people around you, all it does is create more negativity. More negativity just builds, and that's not a you know, that's not a good thing. So you know, it's a good thing you do. It really is a yeah. good thing you do. I try it. It's never too late to grow. It's never. I never should want to stop growing. Mentally, emotionally, spiritually, like you just gotta keep growing, or you're just defeating the purpose of existence. If you don't gotta move, grow. gotta move forward. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like that's what that's why we have all these these gifts that no other creature on the earth exactly. Has. Like, exactly. We can think, we can walk, we can talk. Yeah, you gotta keep growing. You gotta fight through it. Keep... Or at least allow people to help you through it, and that's where the community comes in. If somebody wanted to get a hold of you and learn more about your podcast or your books, how do they do that? You can reach me at talkingreal1000.com. That's the website. Poppy underscore lady. That's the Twitter. <laughs> Lower cases and uh. Poppy J seventy three is Instagram, and then I have a YouTube page, Talker Real one thousand. And I'll have links to all of those stuff in the show notes, just for everybody, so you, so you can have access to it. And then in the future, when I get your information about your books, I'm going to put that on there as well, including your radio station. So once that gets up and about, yes, and like I said, I'm gonna promote you just as <laughs> just the same way. I just I'm, I'm kind of, like I told my uncle because he has the podcast. 
He's my partner, but he has his own podcast. And he's more of an interviewer. And I, I was telling him, I said, yo, doing one today. He seems like a good guy. He wanted to talk about all the stuff we talk about on our regular podcast. I was like, it's not, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not often people really want to just touch on today's climate. So I appreciate that you even that was the top. I appreciate you joining in on that conversation. I, I enjoy having conversations. I this And I like this because it's like we can have a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or a glass of wine and just sit here and talk. And um, so I appreciate you coming on board. It, yeah, anytime. I'll come on. Well, it's anytime. a pleasure. It has been a pleasure to meet you and uh, to get to know you. And I wish you well with all your family and your endeavors moving forward. And uh, you have any like other words of wisdom? I had a little chapter in my book <laughs> about that too, but I don't know it. Nah, but I just say I would just like to say that uh let's support our teachers. We need them. This is gonna this is this is the one time when oh, we have to really come together, band together and fight for them as well. Like they they raise our kids, they teach our kids, they provide a future for our kids. I'm definitely not a teacher. I'm definitely not I'm gonna do what I gotta do for my son to learn. I'm pretty sure I know how to educate, but to teach and to hit all those right subjects and topics and know how to get to them. No, that's why there's kindergarten teachers and first grade teachers. That's why there's sixth grade teachers. Each of them to have a unique skill for to get to to our children, to get to our, to connect with our children and get them to calm down and focus. So although don't look bright, I'm fighting for the teachers right now. I'm pro teacher. Um, they need a uh, funding. They need funding to make sure that even if they can't go back to school, they got these set up in their own house and take three kids. There's retired teachers. There's teachers aides. Like there's so many people in this field that we can't just let them go to waste, man. We can't leave the com- our kids learning just from the computer. I agree with that. It's not. That's really good. It's excellent words of wisdom, bud. <laughs> that's all that that's where my mind is at like <laughs> i think about it ever since they started saying school was coming back so that's where i'm at just look around your community and just really analyze the, what if there is no school what if they say this like are you prepared financially support do you have support your, your kids can be this you can lose your child to the world to the streets to anything if this is not handled with kid gloves and that's all i gotta say when it comes to Ending this. Hey, that absolutely <laughs> works. Bobby J, it's been an absolute pleasure. I really appreciate you uh, being on the show, and I wish you well. And I wish you well. And I, like I said, anytime I'm here, we have our, our contacts. I'm, I'll talk about whatever. Thanks for listening to this episode of One More Thing Before You Go, a unique conversation about life. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our website at beforeyougopodcast.com. That's beforeyougopodcast.com. Tell your story, share your expertise, contribute to the blog, and subscribe to the newsletter. You can find us as well as subscribe to the program and rate us on your favorite podcast listening platform. And one more thing before you go, have a nice day, have a nice week, and thanks for listening. One More Thing Before You Go, a unique conversation about life podcast is a creation of One More Thing Productions, established 2010, all rights reserved.